and howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom! Sumo Kaboom! Where we talk about all things sumo. That's right. Welcome back, everybody. This is our first episode of 2023. Yes. We're going to cover a lot of news, I hear. Yes. Some odds and ends. Yes, and but welcome 2023. Yeah. Welcome to 2023. I hope everyone had good holidays. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope Sumo brings us many gifts. I'm this sure it year. will. We're also going to talk about uh, the Bonzuke and some main storylines that I'm going to be watching for in the January Basho. But before we get to the news, remember how way back in 2022, we were so, I, was so curious about what the Rikishi wore underneath their yukatas. Yes. And I was really interested in those long shorts and right. the, the t-shirt long number. Long white shorts. Yeah. Yes. That you were calling sumo jammies. Sumo jammies. Yeah. I still think we could create a line of sumo kaboom sumo jammies yes. that are in and, the same spirit and vein as those. And hand them out to sumo wrestlers. Yes. Yes. Well. Okay. Adjustable sizes. That might be a little tricky, but I, but I, I think we could do where it. There's a will, there's a way. Well, the reason I bring this up is we finally got to see and learn more about them in a video from Sumo Primetime. So thank you, Hero, for giving me the content that I am dying for. Well, yeah. Rikishi undies. Kudos to... I have watched a lot of those episodes, and I get such a kick out of watching Hakaho or whoever it is this week and how speak English. It just, they all say sumo prime time. Yes. And it makes me just smile ear to ear. And I know. Who was it lately that had like a, like a really great, um, like a accent, like an American accent. It was somebody lately, but it just, it I brings me so much joy. And I love, I love the behind the scenes stuff. So, but the one about undies, yeah. that was, it was two or three weeks ago. Was that with uh, it Ricardo was, Sugano? Yes, it was with Kaisei. Kaisei. And it was <laughs> right, it was right as we took a break in 2022. But we got to see all the large sizes. We got to see the this shop the owner. This is the content we yes, want and yes. desire. Because we learned, <laughs> I, I the, my favorite part of it, not only was just looking at the underwear again, but my favorite part of it was realizing the shop owner told this story of how the jammies are also popular with schools because the school children, each Use one them. of them yeah. get into one leg of the shorts and then they have races yeah. in the sumo jammies. It's and like I a... just thought, yes, this is exactly what I want to know all about. Shall we talk a little bit about bingo before we jump into our news flash? Yeah, it's about time for bingo, y'all. Yeah, that's get what those you need to know. Bingo cards. We're gonna be releasing them probably by the time you listen to this. It will be up shortly thereafter. I will put the link to the bingo cards back in our bios for on our social media. Same game, new year. So keep an eye out for those cards because the Basho is starting up what January 8th? It's very yeah, soon. Next week. Next and week. uh first place prize is Leslie. A jar of jam. That's right. It's a jar of jam. So if y'all want Leslie's homemade goodies, you best get yourself in the bingo game. And there's lots of other prizes from Big Sumo Fan. That's right. And we got lots of things to hand out. That's right. So get ready to gamberize. Well, if you happen to be in Japan watching a tournament, you will now be able to cheer and you don't have to be silent anymore. Yay! Yay. So people, I think they can eat and shout again. Yay! So Throw cushions, perhaps? I, I guess so. But, you know, I read an article that said, like, returning to life in Japan, like, without masks is actually proving really hard to do. I think I people have gotten really used to them. And then I have the same feeling. Like, you, especially in big crowded spaces, I'm like, oh, my God, everyone in here has flu, yeah, RSV, COVID. So I can't do it yet, honestly, if I'm absolutely truthful. I cannot do it yet. It's tough. But, but we're in this in-between zone, and it looks like hopefully cheering is coming back to the stadium, and it will be a louder tournament for all of us to enjoy. Here's some of the f- weird... Kind of strange, sad, kind of makes me mad, kind of news out of the sumo world. Then we're just going to leave this back in 2022. And we're going to say that moving forward in 2023 is going to be with more positivity. 
But Ichinojo, he is suspended for the January Basho. Sorry if you get him on your bingo card, y'all, because that means a, he's a dead square this he's a year. Big old dead square. Or this January. Yeah, not the whole year. He'll no. be back yeah. for Hatsu or, or the spring one. This is actually yeah. to do with him breaking COVID protocol last year twice. And it was never really dealt with. So that was the sentence that came down. Now, his master, I think, Minato Oyakata, told the JSA, but being that he's still in charge of Ichinojo's life and keeping him out of trouble and keeping him on lockdown, especially then, they also docked his pay. Both he and Ichinojo get a slap on the wrist. I think things at his stable are still rough. He is back at practice. He hopefully will have time to, though, let to let his lower back heal. So there is kind of some silver lining here is that like with this break, he is back. I think things are still tense between him and his coach, but he's back and he's practicing and he's going to be able to lay low and hopefully heal that back so that he can come back strong and maybe with a better attitude and less drinking. Also, they did kind of brush over some of that Okami-san stuff. They kind of like just... Let that go. No, I heard it was just old news. I heard it happened like five years ago. Right. And they, it's kind of come to light with all of the drinking though. And that is more recent. And so that's what I mean by, I think they kind of like, they can't necessarily punish him for something like that. They don't know kind of what to do about it, but who knows? They'll probably have a meeting about it in two weeks about something that happened five years ago. (laughs) The way they do things. So also, as far as coaches apologizing, Isegahama Oyakata apologized for two of his disciples using violence on another stablemate this last year. He was quoted as saying, from now on, I will properly teach my disciples. So what happened in a nutshell? Abuse happened in his stable. This is Tadanofuji stable. They are still unnamed. They are calling them wrestler A, B, and C. The wrestler who was basically trampled and kicked and had hot chunkanabe thrown on him, so he burned his skin. So not not cool, pretty nasty. One of the wrestlers retired. So it's not announced, but it should be on the bonds. Okay, who that was, because he's just gone, I think. And then the other wrestler who was involved in the incident, and I don't know exactly how, I don't know if he witnessed it and didn't say anything. I have no idea how the other wrestler who got lesser punishment, how he was involved, but he got like a, like a two Basho suspension or three Basho. So he will be demoted. Then the other wrestler who was the one who was the victim, he is still wrestling and moving forward. All in all, again, we're sitting here going, figure out how to train people without abuse. Is it not possible? And the thing is about him, about Oya Isagahama Oyakata, he is no longer the head of the umpires. Of He basically stepped back from his leadership roles, and they accepted that as sufficient. But this is the second time that Isagahama Oyakata has pushed something under the rug or decided not to report it to the JSA. And it was the wrestler's family that went to the JSA and said, hey, by the way, our son has been abused by these other wrestlers. Look into it. And so Isagahama was, you know, tight-lipped about it. And this is what happened with Harama Fuji years ago. Isagahama knew about it. He saw it or he, he, you know, and he brushed it under the rug. It all comes to light eventually. So I think that this is like a a standard practice that happens is there's abuse that happens and that's been around for a thousand years. And there's a real tricky place that these old school guys are sitting in and it's change and they can't figure out how to train somebody to make them a champion like Tadanofuji without the looking the other way and knowing there's abuse within their stable. They're sitting there doing the same ding-dang things they've done forever, and real kids get hurt, you know, so. Or could it be that you just have a few bullies in the system somewhere? Maybe the Oyakatas don't exactly know what's happening, or they do, and they're trying to put a stop to it, and they're thinking, do I need to tell anyone higher up about this? It's hard to know exactly what's happening inside the stable. Yeah. That's just all I'm saying. 
Um, but whatever the case is, all that stuff gets out, just like Ichinojo's stuff from five years ago. It will eventually surface. And just like Minato was punished for not keeping Ichinojo under wraps, like Isigahama is punished for not revealing the stuff. This has happened in the past. The JSA wants to know when this happens. I think hopefully some of these younger wrestlers who are starting up their own stables like Kakuru or Hakuho will find a better way to train. Starting 2023 on a very heavy note. That's right. Figure out how to train without the abuse. But we have our new Bonsuke out with one Ozeki on it which is not traditional. There should usually be two and one Yokozuna. And that's the very first time that we've only had one Ozeki and one Yokozuna in the last 125 years. <laughs> we will talk more about the Bansuke in yes. a moment. As we looked at the Bansuke, we thought, okay, how can we break this thing down? What's new in this? And there's one thing that's happened that's really, really cool. And this is the first time in about 32 years that we have brothers that are in the Sanyaku again. And that's Wakamotoharu and Wakatakakage. And this is only the third set of brothers in history actually to do this. Wakamotoharu is Komusubi and Wakatakakage is sitting at Sekiwake. And the last time, if everyone who's been watching Sumo for a long time, kind of remembers an obvious brother duo. It was Wakanahana and Takanahano back in the 90s. And before them, the Fukuzono brothers. And that was back in the 80s and 90s and uh, the very, very beginning of the early 2000s. So I, I thought I'd give you a little history of who these brothers are. Now, you all most likely know who Wakamoto Haru is and Wakataka Kage. I think we've done an uh, episode about them. We have. So I'm not sure what episode number that is, but go and check that out. It's our brothers episode. Oh, okay. Our brothers. And you can hear about Wakanahana and Takanahana in mm -hmm. that episode. So yeah. we do a deep dive on them. But I wanted to kind of just... For anyone who hasn't listened to that episode, just to chat a little bit about this brother history that exists in Suo. Cool. The Fukuzona brothers. We're Sounds in this... like a pizzeria. It does. The Fukuzona. <laughs> yeah, the pizza and the pepperoni. Yeah. Fukuzona brothers. Um, the Fukuzono brothers. They were in the same stable. They all were actually training with their dad. Now, it was a family business for them. The Italian Pizzeria the brothers. The Italian Pizzeria brothers. They were being trained by their dad. And also the other brothers, the Wakanahana and the Takanahana guys, they were also in stables, families. Everybody in their ding-dang past has sumo history. They're marrying daughters of sumo wrestlers. Their yeah, grandfathers are... Nepotism uh, going on. Yeah, well, yeah. Or it's either that or it's like you're born into a musician's family. It's just from the second you started walking... You were wrestling. You were wrestling, right? And you come from a family of big people, probably. Probably. Big people make big people. Yeah. So the Fukuzona brothers, you might recognize you might recognize his face more than his Shikona, but it's Terao and his brother, Saka Hoko, were the Fukuzona brothers. And there actually was another brother who's the oldest brother. And, but he never could really make it out of Jurio. Which is still a great... It's amazing. Yeah. And actually, all of these brothers seem to have something in common. If you look at Wakatakakage and Wakamotoharu, there's also three brothers. Mm -hmm. And the oldest, the same with the Fokuzuno brothers, uh, the oldest is, like, not the best. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So the oldest brother, like, the baby is friggin' crushing it. And that was Tarao. Okay. And the middle brother was Sakahoko. And he did very well as well. Okay. But um, they all must have sibling rivalry, rivalry. I don't know what happens, but they all made it, you know, except for the, the top one, made it into Sanyaku. So you see him, Tarao, as a ringside shimpan. He is really skinny. And as of late, you've seen him sitting right next to Abi. Because he is Abi's Oyakata. Mm. And he his he runs a Shikoroyama stable. So he is Shikoroyama 
Oyakata. Mm. And he's like skinny. When he was wrestling, he was known as the Iron Man of Sumo. So I can no longer call Tamawashi the Iron Man of Sumo because oh, it's been taken. It's been taken. And they also called him like, uh, I'll find it again. It's like the uh, hurricane of, of, a force, force to be reckoned Tasmanian with. devil of yeah, sumo. Because what he was really, really good at is what the Tsupati attack, the really crazy fast rapid attack. And I have watched an old video of him and been like, oh, that is exactly how Abi fights, you know? The other brother, Sakahoko, was also a stable master. He took over for his father, their father. Uh, he took over Izutsu stable. So Taro and Sakahoko actually reached Sanyaku simultaneously in 1989. That was the year. Now, they were the children of another Sekiwake. Mm -hmm. His name was Sururu... <laughs> Here we go. Suru... Surugamine. We can't poo-poo the oldest brother that much because they're actually the only brothers in history that three of them were in the were Sekitori at the same time. Hmm. So while the top two were in Makauchi, the lower one was still in Jurio. I think he had like seven tournaments in Jurio. Still nothing like that's kind of amazing. The two younger brothers won prizes together in 1986. And better than that, in 1989, they were Sekiwake at the exact same time. Oh, that's cool. So we haven't we haven't seen that, I don't think, since. Or I don't think... Not yet, not yet but right? we're not that far away from it. That's right. We are hoping that could possibly happen. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Taro, uh, the youngest, he had the most success out of all of them. And and he was in sumo for a really long time. He was known for his longevity, and he they called him also the Eternal Typhoon, is what another name was, which I love. That's my nickname for you sometimes. The Eternal Typhoon. <laughs> but kidding. The same. Um, the same thing that kind of happened with them, where the youngest brother really succeeded, and the older brother was like, "Hey." My younger brother's kind of kicking my butt. Yeah. I think I'm going to bump it up a notch and try to beat my little brother. That's exactly what's happening with Makamoto Haru and Wakataka Kage. And that's exactly what happened with Takanohana and Wakanohana. Mm. Is the baby of the family. They had the advantage of seeing, seeing it from a different perspective and learning how to do it. And everybody else experiencing failures. And the little well, one... They probably got their butt kicked for years yes, and years and years yes, and years. I do know how <laughs> and, to, I do know that. Like you, and decided... You have to stick in there yeah. if you want to get in there and get attention or focus. You've got to fight. Win this thing. Right. But all three of the brothers, the babies, were um, the ones setting all the records. In fact, Tadao, before he retired, he fought Takanohana. And he mentioned that that was the most like disappointing loss of his career. And he vowed to keep going in sumo as long as he possibly could. Um, so he had a really long history. So Tadao retired in 2002. His older brother actually retired. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. Wait, wait, wait. Can you say that again? Yeah. Tadao, the one who was Abi's coach, he retired in... 2002. So just over 20 years ago. Yeah. And his older, older brother actually retired 10 years before that in 1992. But you should know that Sakahoko, his bro his older brother, both of them have passed on. He's the only brother. He's the only one left? Tadao is the only one left, the one you see ringside. But Sakahoko, he went on to be a Zutsu stable master and he raised up Kakuru. He is responsible. Mm. He is the the responsible party for Kakaru. <laughs> so that was really what was interesting to me too is seeing like we've got two brothers. The baby had a great career, long coaching career. The older one did too, took over father's stable and raised up a Yokozuna. And Tadao's, I think his first uh Sekitori or the first grand champion for him has been Abby. So maybe a little bit slower to the to the gate. As far as style, though, between these two brothers, drastically different. Tadao fought like Abby and Sakahoko was all grappling, all on the belt. So makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
but all from the same coaching from their father. I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah. The older brother. The oldest, yeah. Or does the, he have a different body shape than Abby? I mean, if the coach that taught Abby is tall and thin like Abby. Mm-hmm. No. Well, the one that taught he was He was even thinner. Like he was even thinner than Abby. Uh-huh. Well, Abby used to be super thin. Right. He's I mean, he's been bold. putting on weight yeah. to get to these higher right. ranks. It looks from pictures like the middle brother, yeah. the one that raised up Cockadoo, looked like meteor, you know, bigger guy. He his thing okay. was not supati. I mean he could do it obviously, but like his his techniques in which he won mostly were not Yori Kitty. He was all Oshi sumo. He was all um grappling and Oshi. So Does the style make the man? Or does, or does the, the man, man make the style? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But anyway, deep I meant thoughts. deep thoughts. I mentioned earlier that when Tadao, or I don't know how to say his name, I should learn how to say it. Tadao, when his, tarao. a Tadao, Tadao, Tadao is more fun to say, but that does not make it right. We'll say Tadao. Oh, actually, they're both really fun to say. Tadao, 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 my yeah, Tadao. <laughs> <laughs> Tada! Oh, he got me. And Tada! Oh, is the one that's ringside? No. Yes. Yes. Oh, see now I can remember him. Tall and skinny guy. Tada! Oh, okay, got it. He's ringside. Yeah. Tada! Oh my. Tada! Oh my. <laughs> this is what y'all listen to us for. Anyway, rambling history of the Fukuzona brothers, who also the have Italian. a pizzeria. Yes. <laughs> so as I mentioned, one of the last wrestlers he he wrestled. And that was a really disappointing bout for him was when he fought the up-and-comers, the Wakanohana, or at the time, they were called Takana. I can't I, Because I've learned it, Takanohana and Wakanohana, I cannot say Takahanada and Wakahanada. But that's... Well thank you. But uh, Masaru Hanada and Koji Hanada. They were the f- children of former Ozeki Takanohana Kenshi and their father... Big time Ozeki for like a zillion years, and he was called the Prince of Sumo due to his handsomeness and slim, beautiful frame. Now they came from the Hanada Dynasty. Like there is a sumo, there is a Camelot of sumo, and it is the Hanada Dynasty. The youngest one, um, the one now that you see is like really skinny and chiseled or whatever. That's how I remember them. The super skinny chiseled one that like, who is that guy? Did he ever wrestle? He's so thin. He really excelled from the get go. And he was a wrestler in junior high. And like, he just got it. He was winning tournaments and everybody was like, oh, he's the next god of sumo. Sorry, you lost me. Is this Wakanahana and Tahana? Takanahana. These are these two brothers yeah. now? So there's, okay, the chiseled one, the hairy of the brothers. The Harry Royal. I have to put it in like these royal okay, terms because yeah. we He's talked the about Harry, Harry of his time. Harry, it's yeah, not the Prince William. Harry, not Prince William. Okay, so he was the slim. Because I have not seen. I mean, I know what they look like, but I when I think of them, I can't. I can't think which one was chiseled or like I haven't watched enough of them to know. Oh well, so, I came into sumo with them exactly. So, so I know you know what exactly they look like. what they look like, and they came. But I in, don't. When I came into sumo, they the these two brothers with Akebono were responsible for this re- massive revival of sumo all over the world. Yeah, because of the rivalry between the brothers, because right. they were in high ranks together. Right. Um. Uh. And then that with Akebono, the very first american you know yokozuna so i came in and all of this and i remember the wakataka craziness that went on right, so right, right. i understand if you didn't watch it back then you'd be like who are they yeah because they're both huge wrestlers yeah back then. but and, now and if you're new if you don't know much about a period of sumo history there's just a lot of names that come at you all of a sudden and you're like i've no wait what who what right. and it's like you have to give us something to hold on to so for me, for the newbies out there, you are now talking about the Prince Harry of the two brothers. Right. Okay. Prince Harry. And he crushed it. He aced it. Okay. And he was like the youngest Yokozuna of all time. Like he was like 20 years old. Like nobody had ever gotten to that rank that fast. And the older brother was like, well, crap. What about me? <laughs> what about me? And the younger brother won like 22 or more tournaments. He, I mean, he... Had a great career. 
the older brother, it took him about five years to catch up with his younger brother. Now, he still won, I think, seven tournaments. Like, it's not like he didn't do great. Yeah, William tried really he, hard. William, Prince William tried really hard. And he got there. Right. But he's the oldest son, you know, so he has responsibility, but he had to catch up with his little brother. Again, this repeating theme of older siblings trying to keep keep up with the youngest what, sibling. What are you saying? What are you saying? I'm saying that <laughs> the older brothers saw their younger brother crushing it and they were like, well, I got to crush it because I'm the older one. I should be doing this. So the youngest brother in a nutshell, broke like all the records that were to be broken. He broke all the records. There was so much hype with these two boys. And I think when we mentioned it earlier in one of our earlier episodes, these boys were photographed from the age of like four. Like there was so much press about who they were. They were coming up into sumo. Were they going to deliver on the goods being this huge sumo, you know, member of a sumo dynasty? And both boys did. They definitely delivered. And what happened, though, as their careers went on, they retired, they both stayed in the, I think, in the JSA for a while, but then there was a lot of scandal. There was a lot of, once the dad died, there was this whole estate argument about who gets what and who gets this and who gets that. And there was so much in the news. That's the one weird thing about these brothers is that their whole lives have been a spectacle, you know, of They've fame. they the gossip mags. Yeah, and fame. And now the youngest brother was involved in all of the um, gambling and connections with the Yakuza and all of that match-fixing business. And so you don't see him anymore. But you do see the older brother, Wakanohana, and he is still involved in sumo. You still see him um, doing the commentary, and he's still very much involved, not as an oyakata, but as a media personality. And he writes columns, and you could read his columns, and he talks about all the current wrestlers and that kind of stuff. So he's, for the most part, actually had the longer career overall hmm. within uh, the sumo world. So the younger brother was like a flash in the pan. That's right. Shining real brightly, but then got involved with a Yakuza and, and gambling. Gambling and, and we don't... bad decision making. And... Okay. All right. And then the older brother took a while to get in there, flashed, and then became a really good teacher and towed the party line. Yes. And still is. Yes. Okay. Um, well, I don't know if he toes the party line, but he has stayed clean. The other brother, I mean, all the Harama Fuji, all that scandal that's gone on for a long time in sumo. I mean, how old is he compared to Isakahama? Around the same age? That's a good question. Isakahama is probably older. But this old school of questionable things they've done, questionable connections, and they've left the JSA. You know, you know what I think we should do? What? Because we haven't talked that much about the dark side of sumo. Purposefully, we've sort of avoided it. Yeah. So maybe we should spend a month. And oh, no. It might be too depressing. Go into the dark side. I mean, we, we shared one dark story with our sponsors. Yeah. Um, But we could probably do some stories about, you know... Some of the stuff that has happened in the past, just so people know the history of it and right. the fact that we've come out of it and why it would give or it's been people, exposed. Yeah. It and would, they're in the process of coming out of it, but it's been exposed. Yeah. It would give people an idea of why the JSA is so committed to keeping people clean. Right. And to <laughs> making making sure that people are good people. Right. When they become ozeki. Or Yokozuna. Right. And the fact that they have, like, absolutely zero patience right. for people breaking rules at those ranks. Right. I think it would give people context. I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Let's just hope going into this tournament and the watching these brothers, the Wakatakakage and Wakamoto Haru, that they have a good ending to all of that and that they end up staying clean. And maybe we see two more Yokozunas from these two guys. Yeah, that'd be exciting. It's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. So with that, let's pop it over to you and chat about the Banzuke. First of all, y'all, the Banzuke comes out two weeks before each Basho begins. And that timing is just absolutely genius. 
genius because it gets us excited. Mm-hmm. And the Bonzuke is really about setting the scene for what's to come. It mm-hmm. it sets up the stakes mm-hmm. for what you're about to watch. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this Bonzuke that just came out, it's very clear, even from the shape of the darn thing, that it is setting us up for great things to come. It is a future-oriented Bonzuke. It's not... Like, normally these things will be, like, a triangle, or it'll be very evenly shaped. You know, you can think of it, like, as a rectangle or a triangular Mm -hmm. shape. This one's not that. This one, like you said earlier, there's not many people at the very top, so it's like a block of people at the bottom. It's like a boat. It's, like, (laughs) bottom-heavy with a mast. That's the shape of this Bonsuke. We've got our one Yokozuna who's probably... Still going to be out because of that double knee surgery. Right. And he's recovering and we wish him well. We hope he just stays tucked in bed. Actually, I hope he's moving now. I hope he's training, but not very hard. Right. I hope he's just like eating all of his favorite foods and just going to the gym and doing his PT. We have our one Ozeki who is Takakesho. Who is holding down his spot? He is. He's. He's. He he's did very okay. well. Yeah. yeah. Last Basho, he did a very good yeah. performance. Great Twelve bo- and last three. Yeah. He was involved in that three-way playoff we got to see last November. So what's exciting about this is he really is on the cusp of becoming our next Yokozuna, because if he can win this January tournament solidly, mm-hmm. he would have a. Um, he would be a. What is that term they use for when King you almost win? No. Oh, no. Oh, when you almost win. Yeah. When, when you show? almost you win should... a tournament. You're runner up? Yeah. Essentially, you're yeah. in the playoff, whatever yeah. that term is that I can't remember. You're in a playoff for a tournament, and then you win one solidly. That would be enough to become a Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. If you just look at the big overall picture, right. he's got an exciting opportunity in front of him. I'm hoping he can do it. I would love to see Takakesho take this next one with solid numbers. 14-1. Wouldn't that be exciting? 13-2. I know, though, that like so many people are not Team Takakesho because he doesn't look like a traditional Yokozuna. But hey, who cares? I know. I get get excited because his huge pushes from such a little bitty body seem very difficult to beat yeah and if he could win one with those kind of numbers i would be behind him 100 percent. we lost our last two ozeki yeah. the last time both mitakiyomi and shodai ended last tournament with six nine Oof. records now mitakiyomi needed 10 wins because he was at that sekiwaki position he was trying to bump back up to ozeki last time that didn't happen right so this next Bonzuke, he's sitting comfortably, sitting pretty at M4. Wow. Where I imagine, depending on his injury status, I imagine he'll be doing fine. Yeah. M- maybe these two guys just need a rest in Sanyaku and just not be Ozeki. The pressure with Ozeki is intense. And it is. These two wrestlers are incredible wrestlers. They just didn't fit that build. They don't have what it takes to become a Yokozuna. Well, and I, I agree. They're still great. I agree with you that the pressure mounts with each and every position that you have in the Sanyaku. And Ozeki is so hard because I think for the first time you're really met with a different kind of pressure Mm -hmm. up that high. And people are constantly talking about whether you have it or whether you don't and you have to pull a certain amount of number. It's just really stressful. And I think that's been hard for me, Takayumi, who seems to be a more laid back guy. Mm -hmm. And the pressure, even though, I mean, he's a solid wrestler. I looked up his record. He's been in Sanyaku since 2016. Wow. In Sanyaku. I mean, he's had a couple like tiny dips for a basho or two down to M1 mm-hmm. or M2, but he's solidly been yeah. he's the top of the Sekiwaki. You know, yeah. He's really up there. So for him to be at M4, I mean, he'll still be fighting all the same guys. It's just going to be like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Fine. I think he will do fine. Okay. Shodai, he's sitting. At Sekiwaki this time, he's taking that same position that Mitakiyomi was at last tournament. Right. He'll be going for his 10 wins. But that is a tall order. Unless his preparation for this tournament was wildly different, or he really wants it and he's going to find that competitive right. like little brother spirit. I think he's been lost. 
And I think it's tough for him to regain whatever it is he needs. I think he's just one of those wrestlers who's going to just always be a thorn in someone's side. But he doesn't like the focus up there. What's great is he has one last he has one last opportunity That's right. to hold on to the status. We'll see if he can grab That's it. That's right. I don't think he will either. I think he'll just <laughs> slip down. But you know what? Shodai is surprising. He is. He's a surprising fellow. So he could do fine. Okay, so Shodai's one second walking. We have three others. Yeah. Because it's so loaded Crazy. down here. We have four second walking and four komasubi. Our other three second walking, I am so excited mm -hmm. about the three other guys that are in this position we have we already talked about this man waka takakage who was a second walking all of last year except for january he earned all kachikoshis all year long mm -hmm. and his sumo just continues to improve now i know he's a smaller guy right well so is takakesho but i mean well, in height but not in, in i was size. gonna say yeah but I mean, he's not as muscular and can't move as fast as wakataka kage so right. they both have different skill sets for their bodies they do but even hakaho said wakataka kage is improving but he will be amazed at how much easier it is to win if he can gain 10 to 20 kilos now that's a lot of weight that's to gain. a lot but it is part of the it's part of the success story for many of these men once yeah. they get to these higher ranks. You have to have the mobility, you have to have the physicality, you have to have the knowledge, and it only helps if you have more weight. Right. It really does. So that's the one thing that even though Wakataka Kage still is like so dangerous, he just seems to have trouble putting on the extra little bit of yeah. weight to bump him up to those higher ranks. Maybe he's taking the Chiono Fuji route. You know, Maybe. Chiono Fuji was a brick poop house. So <laughs> what's a brick poop house? It's the same thing as a brick shit house, but I was trying oh. to be polite about it. Can he be a brick house? I mean, a woman could be a brick house, so he can be a brick house, right? It's the shit house. It's the, the shit brick house? shit house. Have well, you not heard? I've never heard brick shit house. No. Really? Never. Built like a brick shit house? Never. I've heard built like a truck, built like a train. She's built, she's stacked like a brick house, but I've never heard that that term. No. Oh, well, you learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> built like a brick shit house. <laughs> Wakataka Kage is, I mean, he's jacked. He is, he is so strong. And that forearm block of his is just so good. And he continues to improve. He got 8-7 last Basho, and he is just knocking on the door of Ozeki. Yes. And I think everybody's watching him going, okay, just put together 33 wins. Put together 33 wins, and he'll get like 9 wins, and then 8 wins, and then 10, and then 8. So he is so there, knocking on the door of Ozeki status. And I think everybody wants him to become Ozeki, if he could just string together some more wins. By the way, I'm looking up built like a brick shithouse. Okay. <laughs> You look that up. The phrase of, this is a, it's a vulgar slang. Uh, this is from the dictionary, Oxford. Um, how, like, I like the way she says this. Be built like a brick shithouse. <laughs> he built like he, a brick shithouse. This is to be built like a brick shithouse. That is a person of having a very solid physique. It's official. I'm okay. not crazy. So that is Wakataka Kage. Yeah. He is built like, like a, a brick, brick shit house. <laughs> so you learn something new every day. Yes, he is. And he is joined in the second walking position. Hello by someone else who is built like a brick shit house. How sure are you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, he's putting on weight. So. He is. He is putting on weight. He had a really great year in 2022. Again, just like Wakataka Kake, he had kachikoshis all year long. And last Basho, he was 11-4, and he got the Gino show. So he is officially with an 11-4 on an Ozeki run, too. So he mm -hmm. is another one that is just knocking on the door yeah. of Ozeki-hood, right? Continues to improve, continues to put on weight. Can he rack up enough wins? To take a tournament, 
That's my question because mm-hmm. he hasn't taken one yet. Right. Can he continue to put up those big numbers here mm-hmm. and become an Ozeki? And really, can he clinch the title of Sexiest Rikishi again in 2023? That's true. Because he was our winner in 2022. You know why? Be built like a brick shit house. He that built like a brick shit house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, finally, but... Mm, there's nothing negative about this. Finally, there's one other gentleman sitting at Sekiwake in this Bonzuke, and that is Takeyasu, who, who I was so pleased to hear Hakaho talk about um, in the, the whole, he did a mm-hmm. whole half hour interview, you know, like the end of 2022, beginning of 2023. And he talked about how Takayasu is the strongest rikishi out there mm-hmm. right now. He's most valuable. He was involved in the final matches in three of last year's Bashos. That's a full half of them. He's strong. He has a solid lower body. He can push. He can work the belt. And he's experienced. Yes. If he is healthy, and that is a big if, if after yeah. that last tournament, if he is if he is healthy, he is awfully hard to beat. Yeah. Even Hakaho says that. So from this status, he's been putting up great numbers in lower status, right? From here, he can begin officially to put up those numbers for an Ozeki run right. as well. And I think this is an exciting spot for him. Yeah. Because he has been Ozeki. Yep. It it would really be exciting to watch him either win a tournament. Yeah, I think we'd all just be fine with that. And he could retire after that and be like, it's all good now. <laughs> It's all good. Or retake that Oseki status. Yeah. I really want him to win a Basho from here. But, I, like, just all four of those men in this position yeah. are at a really exciting place. They're right. either climbing up and getting better Shodai, okay, that's a bit of a sad sack story, okay? He's coming coming down. But the other ones are, like, sitting right below Ozeki and getting stronger and are going to be our future Ozeki and Yokozuna's. Or regain status. Or regain status. And that is exciting. And any of them could win a tournament, and I'd be thrilled. Okay, but if that isn't exciting enough for you, there are four Komasubi as well, right? Because the JSA, I really do think they're like, let's stack this thing. Let's 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 just put pressure for the top. Yeah, let's put all our best guys here, okay? We have Kiribayama, who's a Komasubi, who last time got 8-7. He's my pony. I know I've picked him before, but he is my real pony for uh, future Yokozuna. I really do believe it. If there's anyone up here that seems to love the game of sumo, it is him. Yeah. He is finding his form. He's slowly putting yeah. on weight. And him l- and Asanoyama, if Asanoyama can come back to his former glory. Yeah. Those are oh, those I'm are sure my physique and youth and all of that. Yeah. Um although Asanoyama is what 29 or I'm not He's sure. He's aged. He's aged. I have to look, but <laughs> have to he's look it very, up. very old. Well, what's exciting about Kiribayama, too, is he, like Hoshoryu, he's capable of pulling off some really exciting belt throws that not everybody else can do. He's capable of really surprising his opponents. And what else is exciting about him is, you know, he's he's been at this rank before, but I don't believe he's been any higher. He got one Makikoshi last year. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, he has not made it to Sekiwaki yet. Right. So I'm kind of hoping he could put together an 8-7 or a 9-6 from here. Right. And if, like, say, if Shodai falls or if somebody starts to move up higher, maybe he's got some room. Right. Room to run. That would be exciting. Well, he's six. He's six foot. Six one and he's 26 years old. So he's got... He's got time, and he's got strength, and he's got his Mongolian background. His, his, and the dimples. And the dimples. Yep. So we like him. Joined by, and this is really exciting too, Kota Nawaka. Yep. Who has slowly been working his way up the Makauchi ranks for the last two years. Last January, he was Magashir 14. Well, and he is and Sumo in, Dynasty as well. Yeah. In March of last year, he was M6. He won special prizes in both of those tournaments. And he's been just doing like a slow rise to the top 
all of last year. This is his highest rank Mm -hmm. yet. Komasubi, first time in Sanyaku. You're right, Sumo Dynasty. He's also a man who loves to follow the rules. He does everything he's supposed to do. He's tightly locked down. That kid is like, they've trained him to be stoic and a machine. I think. He delivers. And I think he's going to continue to deliver. Whether or not it's this tournament, I don't know. No, but. But I fully expect him in the future to get to Ozeki, right? I've always liked the way people describe wrestling him. They they say he's soft and that he's hard to hold on to. Right. <laughs> and he's huge. He's like a huge toddler to me. Like yeah. Huge, strong ass toddler. Yeah. So I, I sense. A toddler who is, hold on, wait for it. Be built like a brick shithouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is just the beginning for this kid. He's going to continue to improve and learn and just keep moving up. Two more fellas in this Komasubi position, Meisei, who was, I had forgotten this. He was in this exact same position, Komasubi, one year ago. And mm. then he dropped. Yeah. He dropped he down rough... to Maegashir 13. And he climbed he's back up good. again. I'm liking yeah. his sumo. So he's not new to this rank. I'm not exactly sure what happened to him last year. It was as if, like, for six months of the year, like, nothing worked. Yeah, but it's... he was rebuilding. I think he gets in trouble for getting too excited, like Daisho. Like too aggressive? Too, aggress- too aggressive in that moment where you think you're finishing somebody off. He's all power up top, and then he's easy to be fooled by someone like Shodai at the edge. Yeah, too and that could forward, be. far forward, lean, all that kind of business. Yeah, I was excited to hear Hakaho in that interview talk about how the ranks of Ozeki and Yokozuna, you, like you have to find the right balance between uh, defense and offense. Right. If you're too much one way or the other, you will fail. So that's part of the talent mm-hmm. of the highest ranks is knowing when to yeah. use each skill. So perhaps that's his downfall. He goes too aggressive when he gets up right. here. We'll see. Right. We will see, but it's exciting to have him back. We'll put that interview in our show notes. So Oh yeah. A link to that. Yeah. So it's a, that. as well as the link to the Sumo Jammies. And mm-hmm. this. <laughs> we built like a brick shit house. Yes, and that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the uh, final gentleman at Komosubi we have talked about but Wakamoto Haru, Wakamoto Haru it is. And I have to say the best quote of the entire holiday season was from Wakamoto Haru when he found out that he got this position. His official quote was, it would be so uncool if I blow this. <laughs> I feel that way sometimes too. I really, I really like this guy. I absolutely love him. I, I love, love his smile. I love his personality. I love his karaoke. I just, I am just loving everything that I'm seeing. His last tournament, he ended with a really solid 10-5 at Maegashira 4. So this is his first promotion into Sanyaku. It's exciting for him. Last year in 2022, that was his very first tournament in the top division. Wow. So it's taken him one year to get up to Komasubi. He got one Makikoshi last year, but he he looks like he's another one that looks like he's having fun. Right. And his training. He's trying to keep up with baby brother. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you got to train with anybody, train with your baby brother. Wakamoto Haru is really good on the belt, and he's becoming like his lower body is getting more and more solid. In the beginning, you know, he moved around a lot and it felt like he wasn't ground heavy enough, but he is. He's getting there. Wakamoto Haru is an Arashio and Wakata. Oh, no, they're both uh, Arashio. That's right. So they are training together. So it makes sense that they would sort of be coming up, up together. together. Yeah. Uh, now, we're not going to see them fight each other in no. Sanyaku unless it's a playoff. Right. That's the only time we'll get to see them fight. And we did get to see that with Wakanahana and Takanahana. That's right. So we can dream. We all can dream. But you know what? This whole Sanyaku is like one big dream it would just be so exciting to see any of these men take it Mm -hmm. but if that's not good enough for you this is the block of wrestlers that is bolstering what's above them right at m1 we have tobizaru who is the guy who just keeps trying every damn thing in the book until he takes you down and daisho right really hard pusher thruster yep 
at M2. Mitaki. Oh, I said Mitaki was going down to M4, but that's correct. I was going to say He's why. M2. I was going to say M4 is like an insulting yeah, drop. Yeah, no, you're right. I said it incorrectly before. Mitaki Yumi, who will be very relaxed right. and has very solid sumo. He's here. And Tamawashi is here, who right. is like your worst nightmare. The guy's coming for your if, throat. If he's on. Yeah. Last tournament he wasn't on, but before that he was on. Right. And nobody could beat him. Both of these guys have won a U show. Right. That's M2. At M3, you've got Abi, who won the last Basho, right. and Midori Fuji, who's small and dangerous and will cut a scotchy you to the ground. Right. At M4, you've got Nishiki Fuji, He's who's been the a, new guy. He's been a big surprise. Yep. New guy who's uh, Isagahama stable, coming right up super fast. You've got Sada Naomi, who's the old guy with all the experience, who's solid. So that is a lot of talent. Right. Right at the top. And if you're going to rise through that cream, you got to have a lot of talent. Because all of these guys are, they seem very evenly matched. Mm-hmm. And it's like anyone in the joy could take this Yosho show. Yeah. And that's quite different than how it felt when I first started watching. And if you sumo. are new to sumo, joy, J O I, is basically anybody who would uh, be wrestling the Yokozuna. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's all that I really have time to talk about today. And well, you should know that Chiyomaru is back in Makauchi for us all to enjoy. Yeah, at the bottom, at, 16. <laughs> at the bottom, there's no brand new guys, but there's old guys that are coming back. Chiyomaru is back. Mitoriu is back. Tsurugisho is back. You know, there's uh, fellas that pop back and forth between Makauchi and Jurio yeah, and the usual the mid-Maigashiras are all the same names, so. I have heard absolutely nothing about Ichiyamamoto's knee. In the last Basho, he yeah. appeared to be very injured. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. I don't know I've if he's going to show up. I've heard diddly. Yep. Nothing. Uh, I also noticed that Takara Fuji is still on this Bonzuke, and I think he's very, very lucky to be here. Yeah. And we also haven't heard anything about Takehasu's injury. Right. It shall all so, be revealed shortly. Yeah. There's some big holes in our knowledge, y'all. But at least this should let you know that uh, the Bonzuke is exciting. And there's a bunch of fellows up top who could take it. And it's going to be exciting to watch them all. Yeah. I mean, we had a different Yusha winner um, for every single tournament last year. So yeah. it any tournament is up for grabs. Who knows who's going to win it? And that's kind of the excitement of 2023 for me. Me too. Well, I guess that is it, everyone. Get your bingo cards get excited and uh, you'll see that in a newsletter if you've played with us before uh, the link to get it and if not check our social media bio and you will see a link to our uh, bingo cards there so until next week i'm leslie i'm laurie bye see y'all later bye Mm -hmm.